3: Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest Match Report. I'm Chris Hambling and I'm joined by Nick Gillard and Cy Pizzi to look back at an excellent Palace performance at Molyneux as Vieira's Eagles comfortably beat European hopefuls Wolves 2-0. Goals from JP Mateta and Wilfred Zaha in the first half were the least Palace deserved in a blistering opening 45 minutes and a confident and resilient second half meant the points came back to South London. Before we talk any more about that, here is the Palace News This Week. So the Palace news this week, Nick and Cy relates to, first and foremost, our under-18s going great guns. Again, fifth straight victory. This time it was 2-1 against Leicester City. Um, and you know I know from, I didn't watch it myself, but talking to, to Patrick in particular, I know Sam Hesketh was watching as well. So I was following it on our back of the nest chat more than anything. Um, they were very impressed by Popoff, who scored the consolation goal for Leicester, who were a very, very good side at under-18 level. But our under-18s absolutely going superbly right now. Finn Mooney uh, and Caden and Rodney got the goals. Uh, Mooney's really starting to get back into some form, signed that professional deal and had a couple of little knocks here and there. And, um, you know, it went a little bit off the boil, but really coming back, strongly at the moment, great on the dead ball. And it was a direct free kick again in this game that saw him score. You know, you start dreaming about him and Scott Banks on free kicks and, um, you know, we'd score an awful lot more goals from set pieces. I can tell you that, but anyway, fantastic performance. And uh, there was a few changes in the game. I think, uh, I, I don't know if he's injured or maybe will feature for the 23 soon. Cause he's been scoring a lot of goals, but Adamola, Ola Adabomi was missing. Uh, and Caden Rodney was the one who played in his place. Uh, and also Vontae Williams um, started the game in place of uh, of Kanye Jobson. So, but, you know, fantastic performance uh, from, from the Palace team. Well and truly deserved it, and um, yeah, a strong, strong showing once again, and, and really good place, you know, competing with some very, very big teams. Um, I think, you know, City and West Ham in particular are doing well in that division. Um, uh, you know, Liverpool as well, and you know we're you know we're we're really we're, we're up there. We got a chance. You know after such a strong performance last year at eighteen level, um, going up into into this division at the very very top level, still kept that going. It's a really talented bunch of players, and it seems every time somebody drops out of that or goes up to the twenty threes, whoever comes in behind them is is just as good. And, um, and I again talking to Patrick, he's really really impressed right now with Jaden Raymond who. Has a massive reputation anyway, uh, but another one who had a few injuries just as he signed that pro contract. But uh, his range of passing and um, you know his real sort of box to box energy is uh, is really standing out at that level at the moment as well. So, lots to be very very happy about there.
4: Hello, Chris. Hello, um, Simon. Hello, mm-hmm. listeners. Um, I read earlier that mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. European UEFA Under Twenty Three and Under Eighteen team we could win our leagues and still not qualify because we're not actually in any European competitions at senior level. That's so wrong.
3: Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'll be honest. I'm not a hundred percent on the veracity of that. Oh, I used the word veracity. That's good. Isn't it? That's a good um, But anyway, yeah, it's a good, good word, you know, so, uh, I feeling pretty, pretty happy about that. And now I'm distracted, uh, against, I was very, I was all full of, uh, you know, uh, you know, rage and uh, and frustration at the situation you described, but now I'm just admiring uh, my vernacular. Oh, you're uh, glad si, the, have fact, ever...
4: the fact you could say report
5: earlier, you know. And then yeah, you smash yeah
3: I know. I know. Sai, have you ever admired your own vernacular? No, but
5: I admire yours regularly chris you know i know i'm a big fan i'm a big fan on the under 18s (laughs) you know obviously living up in leicester people are ranting and raving about the quality of the academy they've got up here and and they've just built a new facility and Mm. and they're generally churning out a lot of good players so that's a really good result and it bodes well for us in the future as well
3: well definitely and um whilst the 23s didn't have a game um the new on on Jesz Raksaki he's been nominated for February's PL2 player of the month award um fantastic form we obviously remember last time out um he scored twice against uh, Brighton which is you know obviously the the pinnacle um you know being being entirely responsible for the goals to beat Brighton also scored against Spurs as well. And um, been a really, really strong showing from him in this last month. But all season, he's been excellent. And I was shocked, gentlemen, to to read, and I want you to steady yourselves for this, that he's scored 15 goals in 21 games this season. 15? 15. 15 goals in 21 oh. games. That's not even counting the assists, you know, because he does play out wide. Yes, he, he has assisted plenty of times as well. You know, he's probably pushing, again, I don't have the stats for the, for the assists, but I would suggest, you know, in goal involvements, he's pushing at least one one per game right now, which is, you know, at 23 level is very, very impressive. What's um, really, and, uh,
4: really heartening is knowing that the under-23s and under-18s are both playing in a Vieira style as well. So mm-hmm. it's it means mm-hmm. that they'll be able to step up really easily when the time comes
3: Absolutely right. Things are going very, very well in that respect. You know, and we, you know, we've obviously not, not long uh, redid our academy facilities ourselves, but you know, this group of players didn't have the benefit of that. You know, working their way through the system, it certainly helped us bring a bring a couple in in more recent times that we, we we're heading that way. But you know, this is all this is all hard work and, and pure talent. So it's really good to see it happening. Um, and I suppose it wouldn't be a moment. I know we're doing the news, but I suppose. Um, doing the news like we're anyway I've not I've annoyed myself now by saying we were doing the news uh like um making ourselves out to be slightly more important than we are but I did notice that Palace Ash got in touch um and did ask a question about this and said um our academy are flying in both under 18s and PL2 and he's highlighted to the thing that you were saying Nick about the injustice of the UEFA Youth League so you have to qualify for the Champions League uh Plus, it says entry is for youth teams of the clubs who qualify for the Champions League, plus the domestic under eighteen champions. Uh, so Manchester City beat Fulham in the playoff. <clears throat> so Chelsea apparently qualified this year, even though they finished seventh. Palace finished second on goal difference. So if the current season finished finished as it is, the Chelsea kids would qualify from fourth, and Man United from eleventh. Crazy Sonsense. isn't
4: it? That'll be where I read it earlier, won't it,
3: really? That must be where you read it earlier, because <laughs> he's not gonna read it anywhere else. I don't know why <laughs> so you, Ash...
4: you mentioned in the Academy, I keep thinking of the back of the Leicester Academy and Young DR and how we've brought him through to to be a full
3: squad. Oh I know, it's um you know, it's, it's it's amazing, isn't it? He's over there, you know, pretending to be a real boy on the YouTube. Um <laughs> Yeah, do doing doing great work. But um yeah yeah well you think about the academy line that we've had you know i mean who can forget young ben nagel uh now i think something like assistant editor of the sports mail online you know you know he he was our original wonder kid (laughs) funder um anyway nick you have distracted me once again um and so i'm now going to return to the last bit of news um, which was, was an unfortunate defeat for the Palace women's team against Coventry, who have incorrectly named themselves Coventry United. We all know it's Coventry City. Uh, they're playing in the wrong colours as well, uh, certainly in this particular picture I'm looking at right now. But it was a narrow defeat at uh, at home. It was, um, yeah, and uh, unfortunately Palace had a, a few injuries to contend with throughout the course of the game and also had Grace Coombs sent off. Um, which made things even more difficult, but it was a really valiant valiant effort. Uh, continued to attack and weren't far off, um, you know, scoring at, at the very end there from a, from a dangerous corner. But such is life. Uh, lost, but been been a decent form and doing re- relatively well. Uh, and they go to to Lewis for their next game, who are a very very good team at that level, indeed. But uh, that'll do for the major news, but we did want to mention obviously that uh, at the day, this is on the day of recording this, um, we've been told when we're actually playing Everton, uh, Nick, and there's something um, quite interesting about when we're playing Everton, right? Yeah, half past 12 on a Sunday,
4: the first trains from Liverpool on Sunday morning get into King's Cross at 1250 so that's a bit rotten really isn't it
3: mm-hmm. yeah i mean obviously i'd be absolutely livid if it was the other way around and we had that situation ourselves i if i find it slightly funny but it does show you the ridiculousness of of you know the the tv schedule at times how they're not thinking about you know the I nearly said the proper fans. That's a horrible way of saying it. I don't mean that, but you know what I mean? It's, you know, the the, yeah. the people who are parting with their cash, parting with their time, who are, who are dedicated and fortunate enough. You always have to add fortunate enough to be able to afford the time and money uh, and opportunity to go and follow their team. But, you know, they, they can't <laughs> realistically without staying over the night before. So it adds a whole, uh, a whole different complexion on things for them, which is a real shame.
4: Um, if we do defeat Everton, which, looking at them uh,
3: mm-hmm.
4: as we as we record this, uh, Tottenham are doing their win one, lose one kind of sequence and, and winning quite <laughs> well. Um, will Wembley potentially be your first game of the season, Chris?
3: Will Wembley be my first game of the season? Did you say?
4: Yeah, if we get to the.
3: Um, I mean, I'll, I'll undoubtedly um, if I haven't braved the uh, the situation prior to then. Uh, I'll certainly brave it then for sure. It's those things that you can't miss. Um, I, I am intending to to um, brave the crowds for the first time um, when we play Leeds on the 23rd of April. Uh, that's the game that I've kind of set aside and I'm intending to go the following week to Southampton away. Um, those are, that's the plan
5: there's no way Chris will miss a semi so, we you know, see. Chris, so you won't miss the chance of going to a semi so you'll be there undoubtedly
3: I'm I'm a massive fan of a semi um it has to be said it's about enough of a pause there right let's um let's move swiftly on to um to to matters more Wolverhampton related um I think that's probably worth going so um I think Mike Mike did this last week, which I which I enjoyed, which was uh, to kind of give a, a quick summary. He puts time limits on things. I don't know where that comes from, probably the musical thing. Uh, you know me. You can tell by the length of these podcasts sometimes I don't believe in time limits. So um, I do want to um, – I'm, I'm going to give a summary of how I thought the game went, probably quite briefly, uh, and then Cy and Nick will uh, will give their views, any additions or corrections. Uh, as, as we go. So for me, I thought, similarly to Patrick Vieira, to be honest with you, um, that opening 45 minutes was as well as we've played under Vieira. Um, I just thought it all came together perfectly. I thought the shape was excellent. Uh, I thought the positional discipline of the team was excellent. Uh, and I thought the unit of four um, that was the, I would call our, our attacking players Um became a unit of five this week as it, as it should at certain times with the, with, with Jeffrey Schlupp joining in a lot more than, than he has in the past. Um, and I thought that was really important that, that he added an extra body up there with, you know, some driving runs and things like that. But I thought Gallagher was very disciplined and very, very good, uh, and a fantastic pass for the move for the opening goal. Elise and Zaha looked very dangerous. You know, Elise is, uh, is a ridiculous player. Um, you know, the, I'm sort of getting ahead of myself, but the the kind of dancing feet and the shot towards the top corner just before half-time um, was was absolutely sensational. And, um, you know, we've got a real player on our hands there. He's just getting better and better. But it was our old favourite, Wilfred Zaha, who I thought was outstanding. We'll talk more about that in a bit. But a great first half. Um, you know, Mateta led the line pretty well as well. Uh, got the all-important goal. Uh, to open the scoring too. Um, And we just look very, very solid at the back, Um, you know, but the second half, it's not a lot you can do about the fact, you know, Wolves are a a good side, you know, they've had a little wobble of late, including the game against us. And they didn't start in a particularly positive manner, which I thought was a little bit odd. I expected a lot more from them, Um, but their setup seemed to be really well negated by our system. Um, you know, their wide players couldn't get forward because we were just giving them way too much to cope with. I thought we pressed really well high up the pitch. We were in the first half pressing in the final third. The second half, they did adjust things at, at half halftime. Uh, they did come back into it. Um, and I thought we just weathered that storm tremendously well, you know. And it's easy to say we didn't play as well in the second half as we did in the first, but in some ways, the way we played a different game in the second half. We played a containing game. We we showed real discipline. We had players chasing back and tackling, and you know, no none more so than Zaha again. When you remember that moment where he chased back and and tackled Ruben Nevers at the at the last moment in the box, and you just think that's you know that's Wolf Zaha. In the centre of our penalty area, making a goal-saving challenge um, from from playing wide left in a front three, and you just think, that's it. That's exactly what it should be. Uh, that level of commitment. So for me, you know, a very very pleasing performance, the probably most complete performance we've seen under Vieira, and it's it shows the kind of things that he's been talking about, which is making progress every single week. You know, when you have a bad game or a couple of bad games here and there, learning from what went wrong. So he, I think he's learning as a manager. I think the players are learning from their mistakes and things that they don't execute well. Uh, and I'm really, really positive about it. And this was, this was a fantastic game. There you go. That's my summary. Um, anybody want to add anything to that or any disagreements there?
5: I'll start with you, Si. I think it's a perfect summary, Chris. I, th- I think it was one of the best... Palace performances I've seen in a number, number of years. Not just the result, which was fantastic, but the way we dominated the ball and the way we moved that Wolves team around as if they were two or three divisions lower than us. And the threat of Elise, uh, Elise and Zaha on the wings reminded me of Velasquez and, and Zaha in the promotion year. It was, it was fantastic. And the Wolves are no slouches, but we, they just, they, they had no, they had no answer to the way we moved the ball. And I have to say, there's one masterstroke of a lineup decision, which I think changed changed the way we played the game and actually added significant pressure on, on the opposition. But I, I think it probably needs to come back to you, Chris, for a bit of a confession as well, because that one selection, which made a big difference, may have may have evoked some strong feelings from yourself, didn't it, Chris?
3: I've got no idea what you're talking about. Uh, Nick, what did you think about the <laughs> the uh, my my summary of the game? Before we get into what size is uh, hinting at, which I will talk about in a sec.
4: I think you covered it quite well. There's a couple of bits that I might add on to it in a little while. It was interesting mm. that Wolves didn't really get into our half at all until at least the 10th minute. Uh, and I was just glad that our keeper, chance he was able to touch the ball. But, they were tepid wolves uh, whether that was us mm. being really really good because as I si said it was one of the best performances we've had for for many many years possibly you know obviously we've had results against Liverpool where we managed to get draws or win or we've been in Man City but for a complete team performance where everybody mm. did their job really well and over and above what they usually do, that first half was something else. It really yeah, was. Well, Through uh, Gay carrying mm. the ball forward, Anderson picking the balls, Clyde really settling into that right back slot, uh, Mitchell just such so at ease now in that left back mm. position. That midfield midfield free Gallagher and Schlupp were absolutely dead on their feet by the end of the match, but they were still getting into tackles. We had no danger of letting the last-minute goal in because I, I think we'd put that to bed. Uh mm. Wilf, as he said, getting back, but being everywhere, being a lot more mature, passing the ball a lot more, and not getting rattled. In fact, rattling the support mm. more than anything else. Um, Jean-Paul Mateta... Absolutely. Jean-Philippe. Jean calling him yeah, I'm thinking of Jean-Paul yeah, Gaultier. Like yeah, I said, if are, I don't get a name wrong away. in that pod. There's something wrong. Um, <laughs> Jean-Philippe <laughs> Mateta just... I mean, the build-up to the goal, he's headed down to um, Gallagher. And then his run, his run to the far post and then run to the near post, the defender hasn't seen him go through. And I know we've got uh, a message from uh, everyone on Facebook well, I keep looking at that Pateta go. I'm not sure how he's managed to do what he did to the keeper. Did he kind of lob it over him? I mean, we we were silent after that because we weren't really sure, A, what happened and B, with it being VAR for a foul. But he's, mm. he looks really clumsy, but he's so effective.
3: Yes, he's a very, very interesting player. He takes a lot of grief still. I mean, mind you, so do a lot of our players for, for no good reason either. But I think, you know, he's he's getting the knob because he just gives us something a little bit different. And he's a very, very willing worker. Um, You know, he doesn't always control the ball well. um, But, but when he does and when he, you know, when he cushions it well, when he moves the ball about, you know, he's actually a very intelligent footballer as well. But the question was from London Eagle. It said, did JPM mean to scoop the ball over the keeper? I think he did. Um, If he did mean that, that's that's sensational. I mean, I've I've attempted to finish from about a yard out in that exact same way and skied it over the bar. Um, in terms of you know uh, of, of scooping the ball up, but I never I never intended to scoop the ball up. I'm just awful at finishing. But you know um, whether whether he did or not, and it, or it's just a combination of him trying to chip the keeper and getting it a little bit wrong, and it just looped up like that. But if he intended it, that is. That is an unreal finish. was that um, unconventional
4: I, I, you know. goal he scored against Brighton, which was from about a yeah. wasn't
3: it? Well, actually, when you think about that finish against Brighton for his first ever goal for Palace, that kind of supports London Eagles' view that it was deliberate. You know, if he's capable of being that quick-thinking and, and that technically strong in the moment, you know, instinctively perhaps it does point to a a deliberate scoop over the keeper and and the kind of the perfect finish. But
4: frustratingly... You now both want to
3: speak. Frustratingly,
4: from where we were sitting uh, in the first half, which is great because you're right in front of the executive boxes at Wolves, all along that long-sided stand, uh, so you could really uh, give it large to the people behind you. Um, He was offside rather too often in the way that Ben Teke used to be. Uh, So
5: it was derided
4: a little bit for that, but of course we forgave him once he'd scored.
5: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree, Nick. Uh, he was offside a fair amount, but I've been so impressed with JP this season. That a, he was criminally underutilised by Roy, and it's not a criticism of Roy, but he didn't give him a chance at all, did he? Apart from in those dead-robber games, which just didn't matter at all, and we'd already lost or we were already so far ahead we weren't pushing. But his positional awareness, I think, is, is better than both Edward and Benteke's. I think he is the best player for the position Vieira wants him to play that we've got at the club. And that case in point, there was a bit in the towards the end of the second half where it was Zaha and Benteke through, and it's not again, not 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 digging out Benteke. you didn't even on the pitch for a few minutes, but I think in that scenario, if, if JP was still on the pitch, that's probably a goal. Benteke's movement wasn't where Zaha wanted it to be, and that, that lack of understanding there. Just I think JP's positional awareness and Andy's finishing in the box he's a real poacher, as well as as well as his movement and chasing down the midfield players that he did. He pushed from the front. So I'm a massive JP fan. And I think we can build, I think he can be, he could be there for the, for the foreseeable future in that position.
4: I think Ben Teke was on in the second half towards the end though, just to hold the ball up, which Mateta isn't quite as good as doing as Christian. Yeah. Um I
3: don't know if, Nick sort of trailed off weirdly to everybody else there, but that was quite odd. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I, I see that. And look, but if if Ben you had the, the kind of same energy. I mean, obviously he'd be a very different player, but if you had that same energy and, and, and sort of fight that we're seeing from Mateta now, I think he'd still be in the team, but you know, Mateta's is the one who's showing the, you know, the passion to, to get involved. He's running those channels and, you know, Yes he's got a lot to learn um but i, I think the improvements he's made have been fantastic and that confidence coming up and you see it in games when you know when he when he gets that goal you know directly afterwards when that the confidence levels up you know he he actually he's a far far better player um you know and i th- I think he could go into some very impressive things but you know he can't ever get to that point where he thinks he's done it You know, when he thinks he's he's cracked it, and he doesn't have to keep pushing and getting better, um, because you know he's not so super talented that he can kind of coast along. He'll always have to work uh, incredibly hard. But in this system, under this manager, um, he's he's flourishing at the moment for sure. Look before before we move on uh, and talk about the the lineup a, a little bit more. Um, it'd be remiss of me not to say that, you know, if this was a Wolves podcast, which it isn't because we're not speaking like this, but uh, but if it was, I would be raising huge questions to to Bruno Lang about why the hell you start a game without a striker. You know, Daniel Podence is is a, an interesting attacking player. I, I rate him quite highly. Not a striker. Uh, you know, Neto, not a striker. Uh, he Chan, not a striker. Um, and that's probably the, the biggest problem that they have. Um, you know, on the bench, they had, um, you know, obviously Raul Jimenez still really getting back to, to the player he was prior to that that horrible injury. Um, and Fabio Silva hasn't set the world alight like he did on Football Manager. Um, so, you know, those two as uh, strikers aren't really doing it for them right now. Um, but, you know, that there would be question marks for me on that. I thought that was the reason that, in the first half, we didn't see anything from them in terms of, of any attack. So I do want to say that because I think that played right into our hands. But we still had to do the research. We still had to to come up with a game plan to take advantage of how Wolves had been playing recently, and we and we certainly did that. So we'll talk lineups now. And yes, as I mentioned earlier, it is a, it is a bit of confession time. So I reached a point uh, prior to the game kicking off where you know, I decided to kick off myself. So in our back of the nest chat, uh, we often share our thoughts on the lineup and those thoughts aren't often modified. Like, our, you know, when I put stuff out on my personal Twitter, I tend to think about it a little more. Um, so, you know, it is our it is our conversation between us. It is, you know, it, it's, it's where we say, not necessarily what we really think, but it is us unfiltered. Um, and I reached a point with looking again at a, a lineup that had been picked where we had on the bench a central midfielder in in Milivojevic. We had a central midfielder in terms of Eze, arguably, a central midfielder in terms of Hughes, and a central midfielder in terms of Jairo Riedewald, who'd scored the previous week. I'm looking at those players, and I'm looking at Jeffrey Schlupp being picked in central midfield again. Now, at the risk of boring everybody, I'm not anti-Jeff Schlupp. I, I like him as a footballer. I just think he is, to me, he is better placed as a as a Zaha backup. If Zaha is playing left, or if Zaha happens to be playing up top or somewhere else, I think Jeff can do a really good job out wide left. If we were to play four four two, I'd like him as a left sided winger. Don't really like him as a central midfielder. So prior to the game, I said this again, and I said, "Look, I hammered Roy for it." So I've, I've got to be consistent. And I've got a hammer Patrick Vieira for it as well. Even though I, I love the football under Vieira and I think he's done an incredible job since he joined Palace. I don't get this. You know, I don't understand it, and I was, I was not holding back. You know, I talked about Slup's positional sense. I talked about the fact that you know when he plays central midfield, he often loses the runs of attacking players. He seems to jog around. <laughs> uh, what else did I say? Oh yeah, that um, you know the fact that he's one of the quickest players at the club. Uh, you never see him running forward with the ball. Uh, he just plays, you know, plays an easy pass left, right, yeah, all those, all can those I, things. Can I quote you? just out? Yeah, please do
4: scored but was awful otherwise. I don't get it. It has to be my failure is there can't be a whole management structure thinking he's absolute turd, but he's a nice guy, so we'll pick him. <laughs> Maybe he's a tactical equivalent that. of a sacrificial anode.
3: I did call him the tactical equivalent of a sacrificial anode. Um there you go. Um uh, that. enjoy that, enjoy that uh, metaphor, engineering fans. Um but yeah um but I was Hugely wrong, <laughs> massively, and I did to my credit, I did say I must be at fault here, because clearly I am at fault, um but look, I will say in this one game, Jeffrey Schlupp did everything that I expect of him, um, and why I get angry with him when he's in such a midfield, and he doesn't do it because he was absolutely key today, as Si said, he was absolutely the reason we started the game on the front foot the way we did. You know, right from the off, he gets that chance. And yeah, I could get picky and say he should be squaring it. Uh, but he got caught sh- between shooting and squaring and it, and it ended up being a bit of a waste. But seeing Jeffrey Schlupp make driving runs forward with the ball, using the power and pace that he's got, you know, when he is direct, when he is running beyond from midfield beyond the defence, he is a real threat. And, and I just drives me mad when he doesn't do those things. And no, he's not being picked to do that. We've got Gallagher to, to be the, the runner from midfield more more often than not. But it has to happen at times during a game. You know, and I point to the likes of, of Mark Gay and um and Joachim Anderson, you know, from central defence. They will occasionally come out of central defence, run into midfield, run beyond the lines, create a different option, create a different angle. Um and I just think to me I mean, Jeff must be following orders because he's not being dropped for it. But to me, he doesn't move around generally enough from the from the central position. So, I, I basically had had my fill of it, and um, and I just feared exactly the same. But I was so so wrong. So I have to I have to hold my hand up and apologise to. Uh, well, if, if if we hadn't brought it up on the show, I wouldn't have had to apologise to anybody. <laughs> you didn't apologise. I was to wrong. WhatsApp
4: group. That, that's. We're I apologise for yeah. that. Yeah.
3: Well, you're not going to get that, are you? It's uh, (laughs) it's just not not there. His dive,
4: dive. well, it wasn't a dive because he was fouled, but he did. Yeah. It was like off of a diving board once he'd been tripped, but (laughs) first and foremost. But that was real, real. Possession there from Palace. We had about four or five goes at shots and, and keeping the ball, and then running it mm-hmm. back in again before we actually got that penalty. So it wasn't like Wolves were smashing it clear; we were somehow getting the ball back and going at them again. It was a relentless.
3: <laughs> no, that is, and um, I'll let Sy si speak in a sec. Sorry, Cyber, si, but that is what, what one of the things that Vieira is about. Um, you know, that's what he's talked about before. It's that it, it goes back to how Arsenal used to used to be when he was, you know, at his best there. Where you just never, you couldn't get out. You know, you could never, you, you'd, you'd clear the ball, but there'd always be one one of their players nicking in there straight away, and you know you'd, you'd be faced with pelting it long down the pitch and trying to clear your lines. But if you try and play your way out of trouble, there's someone there cutting off the angle every time. There's someone nipping in front of the player trying to make a break, and we did that so well. But I think Vieira said himself that. We weren't going to be able to sustain that. We're not a team currently that can do that for a full ninety. Um, but but doing that in the first half, you're right. When you create that relentless pressure, it's it's almost inevitable that you will score, and and that's exactly what we did.
5: Uh, Sorry, so, it takes a big man to apologise on on Radio Pub with that many listeners we've got now, Chris. So I I, you know, I think you should be proud yeah. of yourself for that one. And and one of your best quotes was, "He's the fastest at the club, running into dead ends." which which was particularly Cody out of it but actually to yeah. be fair yeah. uh, he does do that but he didn't do that you know <laughs> with the ball actually on Saturday like, he used the ball really really sensibly and set off lots of different moves and there was a couple of times where he won free kicks a bit like Jordan Ayu does to get us get us out of pressure um it was classic as nick yeah. said when he fell over on the ball in, in the penalty area just to kind of really emphasize that he'd that he'd been that he'd been fouled but no he had he had, a, he had a, a, a really really strong Positive game, and it's interesting about the Vieira point because I've got a friend give him a shout out. Simon Carr who's an Arsenal fan, but he listens to the podcast because he loves it, and he's talked, He's watched us a few times, and he said he's like watching when we when when we don't get it right and we waste chances, but we have high possession. He said it's like watching an Arsenal team who can't break down some of those um, more you know lower table teams, and they have all the possession but don't take their chances. Mm. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because I can I can see that. So I can see the philosophy that Vieira wants from us. And you can see it really early on in our tenure. I went to Walt, uh, Watford away in the League Cup. And that was painful because we just dominated the balls. So About like 60, 70% possession, but didn't create any chances. And I've seen that a few times this season. But, you know, without the, you know, he's only had one, trans, what, one and one slash two transfer windows. And look what he's already created. So over the next few years, it's going to be really exciting.
3: Oh, absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, you know, you're, you're right. So si. me, it's really big of me to apologize to, to tens of people. Um, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> kidding, kidding. There's thousands of you out there somewhere. Um, but no, that's, you know, um, it, it's interesting watching the growth of this team and it's, and it's good to hear from, uh, you know, from, from somebody who's neutral that, that they're observing that. Cause it does feel like that. It just feels like we're on the cusp of, you know if we can add a little bit more quality you know we can start looking up the table and i, I was looking at the table earlier on and just sort of thinking looking at trying to looking at those markers that you get because so you know if you start looking at Where you are in the table based on goal difference, where you are in the table based on number of games lost, where you are in the table based on 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 how many you've you've obviously turned into wins, and you start looking at the teams who are in and around you, you get a bit of a picture for where you should be, and we're not far off there, you know. In terms of looking at goal difference of teams and things like that, you know, ninth or tenth is about where our overall performances should have left us, and it's good that we're there. But and mine starts drifting to some of the games where we've uh, you know we've thrown away points late on and or thrown away points from from starting games very very poorly uh, and you just do you can't help but think of what could have been but that's the nature of the game you know there's plenty of points that we've put on the board that you could probably argue um you know either, either them from from some Fantastic inf- intervention by a defender or a goalkeeper, or for some wasteful finishing, it could also have been very different. So you can't get too worked up with that and too excited about that. But the fact that we've put out performances that have been good enough, in my view, for the majority of the season to have won a, a, a lot more games than we have is very encouraging indeed.
4: Go back to uh, Jeffrey Schlupp winning the penalty. Um, we had uh, hello Jarvis. Are we um. When Wilf, uh lined up uh, to lift the FA Cup, when Wolf lined up to take the penalty, a um, little bit nervous, but mm. I knew he'd score it and I knew he'd smash it. I, I was wondering how you felt when he when he grabbed the ball to take the penalty.
3: Yeah, yeah that was an interesting one, wasn't it? Um, it? Do you know what? When he picked the ball up, it, it left it had completely left my mind that previous penalty, and I and I didn't. I didn't even think about it and, until he scored it. Um, and, and you know, I just wasn't really, th- yeah, I, I wasn't really thinking. I just like you, I had no doubt, but it hadn't even crept into my mind that, um, that he'd missed the last one. And so, so badly, unfortunately for him, but yeah, um interested in his celebration as well. Um, but, you know, I'll let Side. No,
5: speak. I was going to comment on that. I mean, I'm not, going to call out individual Twitter accounts because I don't think we do that on here, but there's so <laughs> many that I could shout out to here that I've been given Will abuse over the last few weeks and months about him being past it, his head's not in it, he hasn't got the ability anymore. And, and that's mainly because he isn't doing tricks every two seconds, but his role in the team, his role of what Vieira wants from him is different to what it used to be. For me, he's number one on the team sheet and that isn't because of any relative man crush that I have, but because he is still top quality and for me he's still the best player outside of the top six teams. And and, and that, if you look at his return, he's on nine goals this season now for us and, and a high number of assists. I was anxious when he took the penalty, don't get me wrong, I was standing there pretty concerned just because of the, of the last one. But, but I was so glad. And when he ran over to the fans and gave us that celebration, I mean, I was the opposite end to that. But you definitely know what he was getting at with that. And actually... Hopefully, he can continue to prove those people that need to sit in a dark room for a while wrong by performances like he put on on Saturday.
4: The way he celebrated when, when he scored against Norwich with that fantastic goal running up to Vieira, cuddling him, um, we've had no speculation about him leaving he seems a lot more settled than he used to be. It always used to be on oh, Wolves off, Wolves going here, Wolves going there. Even the talk of him going at the end of the season has died down. I wonder how much that's settled him and, and
3: made him a mm. better
4: player for us.
3: Well, certainly not drawing attention to it helps. Um, but its I think it's also the source of a lot of the the anger at him because he was so you know, clear and and open about wanting to move on to different things. Um, That opportunity didn't come. Um, Obviously, Arsenal did put in a bid for him and we weren't prepared to structure the deal the way they wanted to. So they ended up doing a a similar deal for Pepe and probably massively regret that. Um, But look, you know, he... Whether or not, I mean, at some point, you know, there's got to be the question over whether or not he will will sign a new contract with us. But I dare say we'll be trying to ask him to because he's got a long, long time left. But, you know, you said it there, side, and that's my biggest thing. I don't think he has anything to prove to I don't think he does that to prove anything to people. And I don't think he feels any need to prove people wrong. Um, I think, you know, he's got ultimate belief in his ability and and has every right to do so. Um, But I think what he's probably asking is, you know, you know, are are you people who have been making all the noise in my direction making noise celebrating my achievement? Because, you know, should you be? You're going to cheer me when I when I do what you want. But, and I think that's really what it comes down to. Um, you know, everybody, there's nobody beyond question. Uh, even Zaha, even for for me, our best ever player. You know, um, is not beyond. Uh, criticism in a constructive way and and but i don't think you should ever really doubt his commitment to to palace but i think most of all it's it's about that expectation you know for for a lot of people there are some people out there who just have a degree of prejudice or have taken a dislike to wilf because of perceived attitudes or things like that and and i don't really have any real time to to get into that and, and and i don't have any real inclination to want to give any any time to to that kind of discussion right now um but in terms of of questioning as a as a player he's changed as a player Uh, and and i think if people stop for a moment and think and think they'll realize he's a far better player now but because he's not tearing it up and beating the same two or three players out wide over and over and over Um, all of a sudden it's Wilf not trying but you've got to understand he you know he's had years and years of coaching and developing and realizing what's most effective and he's an incredibly effective player right now even when he's not playing tremendously well you know he will impact on the game if he's got the ball in the right areas but you know if you're expecting if you turn expect to turn up every week and watch Zaha as he was as a as a teenager and, and, and lad in his young 20s, where it was all raw pace and skill and beating players, you know, all that kind of stuff, then, you, you know, you, you'd have to travel back in time because he's not that player. And no player keeps doing the same thing over and over and gets the same results because it doesn't work that way. You know, people double up on you, people come up with tactics, people kick you. You have to adapt and change as you progress through a career. And no, I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here i'm not i'm not you know this is not me thinking it's an aha moment and i'm sharing some incredible knowledge with people these are obvious things things that everybody knows but for some reason they they shut themselves off to that to criticize wilfred zaha And and i don't get it i will never understand it the last three games he has been absolutely superb and Vieira himself says it. it's not just about him on the ball anymore off the ball he does a tremendous amount of work uh, but people want to remember the moments where he, he might get something wrong or might make the wrong decision or might get a yellow card for being fed up with being kicked or something like that. And that becomes, for some people, how they want to define him, which is just a real shame for them more than anything.
4: That tackle in the second half was almost as important as the goal he scored from the penalty as well, which shows how his game has mm-hmm.
5: developed. I think you spot, spot on Nick. Yeah. And I was in the concourse at half-time and this bloke turned around to his mate who had glasses on and said, Oh, Zaha has been completely anonymous in that half, if I can say the word properly. And I turned around and just looked at them and said, I think you need to borrow your mate's glasses. Because I I, I just couldn't believe what, what he was coming out with. I think the people expect him to take the ball off Guaita, run it around 11 players on their team, run it around the 11 players on our team and then score. And then he's had a good game. And I think it goes back to what you said, Nick, people's perceptions of what he was. I think it was against Wolves in the promotion season when he literally ran it from the edge of our area to the uh Wolves box and sc- uh, and scored at, at Sellers Park he's not that same player anymore mm. but doesn't mean he's not any any better in fact as you said he's actually better
3: no. yeah and, and the thing is he could he could do those things to a degree right he could but he would be using a tremendous amount of energy to do so and it's not the, the best way for him to to play football anymore. He has to pick those moments and he's also playing slightly different positions and slightly different roles and slightly different systems. All these things aren't the same. It's like, he's comparing a memory to a, to a reality. And it's not, you know, these things won't always match up, but you know, one of the things that I enjoy the most about watching Wilfred Zaha now is his passing. If you see, you know, he, obviously he's not playing in central midfield or anything like that, but, the moments where, you know, he has to play a defence split and pass or he has to switch play or anything like that, he can really ping a pass. It's it's very, very impressive to watch. And it's part of his game that he's really developed well, along with the defensive side of it, that you don't get quite so much admiration and time for. But if you want to try and enjoy Wilfred Zaha a little bit more and a little bit differently, start to, you know, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd encourage people if they're not doing so already, start to have a look the way he plays passes, particularly the intricate passing and how he links up with someone at the other end of their career in terms of, you know, Michael Elise in in emerging, you know, that exciting, the exciting quick feet, the directness, the, the talent, the technique, you know, when Zaha links up with him and, you know, and they're working together, try and enjoy that as well. It's, it really is a sight to behold. You know, we, we are very, very fortunate people. And when he's not at Palace anymore, whether that's, you know, in the next, 12 months or in 10 years or whatever you know that is that's going to be a really really sad day but anyway um we've talked far more than i thought we would we didn't even have a show plan today uh and we we're about a third of the way into the words that i wrote um to kind of trigger us but um so i want to give um you two gents just a bit of time to, to talk about you know moments or 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 performances that you want to draw any kind of attention to Uh, So, Nick, if I can start with you, you know, obviously we've talked about Zaha, we've talked about Schlupp. Who else did you want to pick out or is there any moment in the game that you want to talk about that we haven't covered already? I think it's just
4: not individual players, but how we played as a team. And you were talking about Zaha being the focus for tax before and he's not like that anymore. We've got so many players now that when they're on the ball, the opposition are going to be scared. Gallagher, when he's on the ball, frightens the opposition. Alise frightens the opposition. Even Gay coming out of defence frightens the opposition because they just don't know what we're going to do. And We've got so many players that can play so many different roles while they're still in that same position that it's incredible. Uh, my only fear is that we keep keep this squad together and build on it at the end of the season. Uh, big shout-out goes to uh, Anderson when uh, uh Vicente was booked because the Wolves player put the ball down and Vicente had the audacity to pick the ball up and put it on the other side of the area before he played his kick, <laughs> got booked. Anderson just held up 2-0 to the Wolves fans, which they didn't like very much. So, so I really like that. And we've got a really, really good team spirit going and uh, I don't think players mind being on the bench if they know they're going to come on and be be part of a winning team. And it's just, the only way is up, as Yaz once said in our promotion season.
3: <laughs> Indeed. How about you, Sy? Si? Is there any particular performance that stood out that we haven't covered yet, or uh, anything that you feel we should be uh, paying a bit more attention think, to?
5: Uh, obviously, Elise was brilliant and his touches. His control of the ball from picking out in the air was just immense, and then he's taking it around Their players didn't know how to handle him. He was brilliant. But I thought the two people I'd stand out, were Klein, he had a great game. And I forgot how old he was. You know, when you look at how he played, his mobility was very good. So he's getting stuck in. And then Gehi is just, he's just something else. And his composure, his, you know, knowledge, know-how, he's put the ball with the feet. You know, he's just brilliant. He is, like you said, Nick, if we can try and keep those people for, those players for a number of years, The future's future's bright. And we've got a new song for Mark Gay, which is a classic. I heard it sung in the stands, and Nick requested I sing it today. I'm going to try my best here, Nick, just for you. But it was to the 1970s classic, You To Me Are Everything. So it goes something, as if I can remember it, I heard. It went something like, You to me are everything, you hear the Holmesdale Road End sing, Mark Gay. I can't sing, but that was roughly... What it went like, and it, they did it over and over again. And I've just been singing it. Mm. I can't sing, but I think once you've heard it, you to me are everything. You hear the Homesdale Road end sing Mark Gay. It's classic. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a big one, isn't it, Nick?
3: I I like that. Yeah i got gonna lie. I be- like that. Yeah,
4: you're better than Hesketh at singing. But don't tell him I said that. <laughs>
5: <laughs> the only thing I'd add, though, <laughs> right? is, is I, I've never known you're- a set of mm. fans. Who had been so wound up and riled up by a seven year old. So I took Francesca, we were sitting in the corner next to the Wolves fans, mm. and she was she loved every second of it, but she was singing things like, Is this a library? She kept shouting, Is this a library? And then she kept singing, Is there a fire drill before half time at the end when they were running out, right? <laughs> and they were swearing at her, pointing, giving her all the all of the hand signals. And I'm thinking, she's seven years old. And then she was just waving at them, I think partly because she didn't understand what they were doing. I think she thought they were waving um mm, <laughs> it's kind of a wave, isn't it? It's kind <laughs> of a kind she was under their skin she was under their skin for ninety minutes, so she <laughs> was leading all the charts. she led about four is this a library chance, which I thought was pretty, pretty impressive
3: <laughs> um, well, that is that is very impressive stuff uh you should be a very very proud man, but um. Love it, um okay, I mean yeah, the, you mentioned Klein there. that was the only thing I probably I was going to add that um that we should always bear in mind with with any players, really, particularly the players who uh, who aren't sort of flavor of the month or aren't aren't you know regularly playing at the moment and that's not to write people off when they haven't been getting a lot of football. Um, you know Klein has had to play a few games on the trot, and for me he' got better and better, you know he's certainly not the player. He once was, but actually, you know, writing him off is, is probably very unwise because, you know, there was a degree of uh, of assuredness and, and you know, composure about that display. We didn't really look like we were under threat down that side. I've seen us get targeted on, on, on in those areas, both, you know, right back and left back side at different times this season. Um, I think Mitchell has emerged now to the point where, yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, he's being talked of in as for international recognition, and I think that that's probably due right now. Same for, for Mark Gay, uh, and obviously, same for Conor Gallagher. I think those three can, can certainly start thinking about that. In, in you know, obviously, Gallagher's had recognition already, and Gay captains the under 21s, but I, I think, you know, they can really start pushing for, for regular inclusion myself. Um, but Klein you know, could could have easily been the target. You know, Ward has been first choice um, and has been targeted, certainly, with with, this, with the left side being a bit stronger. Um, especially with Wilfin there doing that job, he protects uh, Mitchell brilliantly as well. Uh, but, you know, I think in this particular game he showed um, the benefit of all of his experience. And, um, you know, he's, He's just a bit more mobile, a bit pacier, a bit a bit stronger at times than, than Joel Ward. Doesn't have the height that, that was a real advantage of Joel Ward, um, as well as his, his you know unwavering commitment. But I really like him at right back, so um, I, I think he's he's you know he's given us another thought there. Whilst Ferguson still has the issues that he has, but anyway, look, we're going to take a short break there. Have a word from our sponsor, and when we come back, we'll go through the last of your questions. Uh, and uh, some four word reviews before we let you go for the day
6: spring has sprung and our friends at manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning in your pants trust me your confidence will be blooming like the flowers this upcoming spring time to clear out that winter bush and join the other four million men who trust manscaped use code b-o-t-n to get 20 percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com mike i have a question for you
0: all right, yeah, hit me.
6: Have you ever met someone who finds nose hairs attractive?
0: Uh, no, I haven't. I mean, it's it's possible. Um, it's possible that my nan did, maybe, <laughs> judging judging by the length of my granddad's nose hair. But otherwise, no. I mean, it's it's quite a niche thing. And would you trust anyone that did? Really,
6: uh, it would depend on the reasons, I guess. But um, I think you're probably better safe off heading to Manscaped and getting some trimming products, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I would, I would have thought so. Um, I, I can tell you that it's, that it's actually pretty damn good for it as well. Um,
6: the, the, the nose hairs in particular or all over?
0: Do you know what? All over. I mean, so they, they say they're the global leaders in, in below-the-way screaming um, and their performance package 4.0, which is what they've, they're selling now um, – you know, it's it's meant for stuff below the waist, but um, I've used it for just giving myself a, a number one round rounds when I'm doing my own DIY haircuts as well. Um, so it works. It works everywhere. Um, the weed whacker for the, for the old ears and and nose hair. Um, I've I've heard from older people on the pod uh, looking at you, Nick Gillard, okay. that it's amazing. Um, and if it manages to sort Nick out, then it's going to sort anyone out, isn't it really? Um, I,
6: I just really would love to see the um, the comments that went into researching whether or not they're the global leaders. I just really, really want to see the feedback on that.
0: Well, if there's four million blokes, um, you know, you, you, you can't be wrong. No, definitely. Um, I
6: just, in more, more the types of comments, I'd be interested in seeing uh, what went wrong for people using other products and why they then chose Manscaped as their global leader.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I'd imagine that John Wayne Bobbitt used uh, the other products, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, uh, who knows? Who knows? It's it, a horrible thing to think about, um, but y- you know that you're not going to get any... N- any uh, dodgy uh, cuts and, and nicks and snags using uh, using this and that's the important thing isn't it
6: yeah no nicks on the balls with manscaped um, or anywhere or anywhere. Or anywhere. Yeah, or yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, but one thing I want to talk about because it's not really mentioned by the others very much is is how good that their um their aftershave is so they sent me one absolutely fell in love with it and then my son um he was sitting on the toilet playing with it because it was it was in my bathroom, and then dropped it and smashed it, and I was absolutely gutted. Um, but it's okay because I got bought another one for Christmas. But also, my flat smelled of Manscape Cologne for about six months as well. So um, yeah, it's it's, it's it's worked out pretty well. It is amazing. It smells so good. Like it's it one quick spray of it and it's there all day. So that's that's my that's my tip um but whatever we talked about all you have to do is use the code botn you get 20 percent off and you get free shipping which usually costs a load from manscape.com so yeah basically other than smelling and feeling good this spring what else are you going to get from it carver
6: well i just think it's it's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life isn't it to be blunt
0: yeah and i do need a life upgrade yeah thanks for reminding totally
1: me all. don't
3: we all okay there's a few questions uh we haven't covered we covered a couple as we went along but um i'm gonna sort of throw a few at you gents and take a uh, take a couple for myself as well from a from a variety that we got and um yeah so uh leaf anderson's forehead i'll start with this one myself because we have talked about this but i want to give it some recognition um and uh, and and he said it was that Schüpbach's best game for Palace. Thought he was fantastic, especially first half. I wasn't happy seeing him start. So happy to be wrong. And you know, obviously, you would have heard already that that I am very much in the same place as that. I wouldn't necessarily say it's his best game for Palace because I think he's had some outstanding games, um, especially in that spell when he played wide left forward for us uh, for a consistent period. Um, and was was you know bombing up and down that wing and getting shots away. Great finisher when he's when he's on his game as well. So I think we've had some we've seen more exciting and more direct games. But it's probably the best game I can remember him playing in central midfield. Um, as much as my brain is slightly clouded on that because I hate seeing him there. Uh, so I probably wouldn't remember any any other decent performances. But uh, you know I thought that was an outstanding performance from from Jeffrey Schlup. Um so that covers that one. Thank you for uh, for that question. Um so I I've 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 anticipated Will Pickering's question as well when he said Southgate was at the Wolves game, we're expecting slash hoping to see Mark Connor and Tyreek play against Wilf at Wembley. Uh hope. Um actually I'll I'll ask you you on this one, Cy. Si. Uh it be your 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 view on this. Do you think I think Mark Gay and Tyreek really the question. Connor should be included because you know he's he's been superb and he's already had that recognition. Do you see it as maybe too early for for Mark Gay and Tyreek Mitchell, or do you think we're going to see Southgate bite the bullet and um and give them the opportunity that they're pushing for?
5: It's one hundred percent not too early, but there is no chance he gives them the opportunity because it's Palace. I know I'm sounding cynical, but. Kind of got his chance because he plays for Chelsea with us, and if you remember, didn't didn't Ruben after she get picked as soon as he went back to Chelsea after he would finished with us, but didn't get picked when he was with us. I, I've got this kind of thing that we don't get. We we're not we're not a sexy club, so we don't get our players in in the England team. Do I think they're ready? One hundred percent. Do I think he will? I just don't think he will. They deserve it, but I just can't see it happening.
4: I think. Southgate, the big decision he's got to make is whether he picks Michael Elise because he could still play for England. He could play for a number of different countries. So if he wants Elise, he needs to pick him down soon. Otherwise, France are going to pick him up. That's that's of course if Elise wants to play for England. But now's got to be the time. Otherwise, he might go elsewhere.
3: I, I would, I you know, I hadn't even considered that Elise that um, would would want to play. For England, given that he's re- represented France at, um, you know, at uh, at international level, um, youth level, albeit already. But, but you know, maybe that's a conversation worth having. Uh, I don't know, Nick. Be would um, be interesting to see if we could do that. But, um, yeah, um, I mean, I certainly yeah, think I'm, he has the talent for sure.
4: I'm saying that as an England fan. Yeah. I'd, li- I'd like him to yeah, play for course. England rather than anybody else. Something I think would be quite good for us.
3: So Nick, I'll, I'll let you take this one. Um, so Upcar's uh, got in, in touch, and he said, "I need an hour specifically detailing what JP did with the ball prior to scoring." I've seen a hundred replays, and I still can't work it out. I mean, I think it's fair to say prior to scoring. So that's the first nineteen minutes. Um, is a little bit specific, and maybe maybe I'll jump on the Palace up at, at some point and watch the the full ninety minutes again. Uh, but I don't know if you guys had any kind of conscious thought from the you know, from watching the you know, at at the ground where you can choose which players to watch yourself, um, what Mateta did in those opening twenty minutes or so. But for me he is a player who needs a confidence boost, as I said earlier, before before he really kicks into gear. But have you got any thoughts about what Upcar's getting at there, Nick?
4: Well, with with regards to the goal, I think you're gonna to have to wait till you get the uh the Palace video, I can't remember what it's called, where they do just show highlights from the game, but from kind of ground level or behind the goal, I think that's going to mm. be the, the best view of it. I can't, uh, I can't remember what they call the little videos they do of every game where they've got mm. our own cameras at the ground, not the TV cameras, because you really couldn't see what he was doing with the keeper there. Yeah. It was a blur, but, wasn't it? But before but, that, but, yes, he was industrious yeah. because he gave them trouble. And, and the thing is, Mr. Mr. Top Heavy... He mm. kind of it, he's a kind of like Belassi, but in a much less skillful way because he, I don't think he's actually sure what he's going to do with the ball, but he somehow gets through them without sort of waving his legs about like Balassi used to be able to. So it's, mm. it's kind of a bit of an unknown quantity like that. But the runs he makes are superb, you know, especially when they're not offside. Um, mm. It's just that everybody else has got to catch up with his thinking and the, and the more he's playing, the better it's going to get. It's, it's, we've said with lots of players, once they get that run in the team, they're like different gravy, aren't they?
3: Yeah. no, I, I'm I'm going to have to leave it there for, for time reasons, but I'm really glad you picked out the, the kind of movement and the runs that he makes, because that's one of the things that impresses me most when I see him play. Um, there's, you know, the word raw gets thrown about a fair bit, and um, there's elements to his game that feel raw. But, yeah, he's just, yeah. You know he's he's doing okay, and I I understand where some of the uh, criticism and questioning comes from. But um, you know, I think there's a very talented player there. Uh, Paul Nash got in in touch and said, "Is this our best change since 1991? I think our chance is what he means there. Is this our best chance since 1991?" Uh, 90 slash 91 to be precise to be really build something and have a real go if we keep Gay and Elise say if we replace Gallagher if we can turn some draws into wins lots of ifs but we could could we really crack the top 10 or even 7 next year I mean look I, I want us and, and to some degree expect us to crack the top 10 this year uh, I think next year you know talking about replacing Gallagher is very relevant but I think you could argue in the system we have now um, a fully fit with a pre-season behind him, Eberichie Eze could potentially replace Gallagher. He has the attributes to do that role exactly the same, um, albeit would have to develop the defensive side of his game to a point. But if you give him the responsibility that we give Gallagher in our more attacking systems, where he's not being asked to chase back too much. But you've got to match that energy. You know that's that's the level that Gallagher gives you uh from my opinion it's he has all that talent but it's but he runs for 90 minutes as, and he'll run himself into the ground um and that that is why he is top class and why chelsea would be mad absolutely mad to let him go anywhere um uh, but fingers crossed maybe we can we can get lucky there but um so i think it is a massive chance we have to build something but i would also say it's clearly the view shared by our ownership um you know nick you're of the right vintage to to talk about whether or not the ownership in 90 slash 91 had that real desire to build something uh that wasn't a golf club
4: it's completely different owners now uh, mm. bless one notes uh he uh he was all a bit more about the money wasn't he and mm-hmm. i don't think uh parish is and and John Texter seems to be really, really on board. Uh, be interested to see if we get any Brazilians over from uh, Botafogo, um, and he he just seems to get it. And uh, I know we we've, we've harked back to the interview he did with the Athletic about why Palace, but he really gets us. And I think uh, the Brazilian team have got the same kind of ethos with their fans. We've got the community. Mm-hmm going uh obviously we've still got to think about the new main stands, uh because we want to develop that way we want to get more people into the ground but yeah i'll say it again as he said the only way is up mm. provided our chairman <laughs> doesn't make any racist comments and everybody leaves after that i think we should be fine
3: <laughs> yeah there you go i mean that really would be uh 1990s all over again wouldn't it but um uh, so look some quick fire ones now uh just to to Finish with, and we'll do a quick some of our favourite forward reviews at the end. Um, Tim Beard said, "What does Vieira have to achieve to be regarded as greater than Sir Steve?" There's an easy answer there: win the FA Cup this year, uh, and next year beat third place as a finish in the top division, uh, and then you can't really argue with it, really, can you? But um, but do do a significant shift in charge of Palace before uh, before moving on would also be one of those things. But I think it's interesting to start thinking about it in those terms, but. You know, all we can really say about Patrick Vieira right now is, uh, I don't think anybody in their wildest dreams expected him to come into the club and and gel what we had. Even with the money we spent, even with the talent we brought in, the 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 ability to get new coaching staff in. And reach the players and, and get them to gel together as a team this quickly, this effectively, and to continue progressing It is a very, very hard job to do. And um, he's doing tremendously well right now. And I hope it continues. Um, so quick fire ones for for you, gents. Uh, si, you've got this one. Uh, Jerry's asked us to discuss the merit of whether or not you'd give club captain Luka Milivojevic a new contract when his current one expires. Uh, very quick answer on that side. Would you keep him? No. No, it is. There you go, Jerry. Um, how about you, Nick? Actually, I'm curious. Would you keep Luka? I don't know. Cause he, he was quite good when
4: he came on the other day. Um, mm. Probably if we can upgrade him, then no, but, um, mm. Uh, i'll say chapeau
3: to him because he's been a good servant for the club yeah i was that's all i would add i think he's been great for us and i think he was a really important signing um and you know i'll be honest there's a large part of me that hopes somewhere he rediscovers the the effectiveness that he that he had playing alongside johan kabai where he was outstanding um to to
4: have have to fill the role of uh, Mila Yedilak
3: anyway, uh, he was mm. always going to have uh, his detractors, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, but um, and I don't mean this on, as an offence to Mila Jednak, who was absolutely unbelievable for us. But Lukas a far better footballer than Jednak ever ever was, but um, but yeah, his his form sort of fell off a cliff a bit, you know. But who knows? You never you never write people off, really. Um. Mark Werner um got got in touch to say do we think that the sale of Chelsea could help or hinder our possibilities of keeping Connor Richard Evans said uh, along the sign along the lines of there would still be many other clubs after him and I think that's another thing um I think if we I think you know the sale of Chelsea could could mean anything really we just don't know what what's going to happen there and it's very much a, a watching brief but yeah if it means Connor gets sold um then, yeah, I think you can look at a lot of clubs, home and abroad, who would be competing for his signature, and we would have to just cross our fingers and hope that we not only have the money, but um, we have the, you know, the stature to to convince him that that Palace would be the right place to go. I don't hold out any hope at all, other than you know that that look, tiny thing that keeps you watching football all the time.
4: Nobody will love him as much as Palace fans do, and I think that's true. That. You know, he knows that.
3: We've, we've, you know, the Palace fans give it more of a shot than we ever had. It would ever have if we weren't, you know, the the club and the fans that we are. You know, that's it's, you know, otherwise there would just be no chance.
4: Would be? A shame? And finally, Martin. So, would it be a shame if we got to the FA Cup final against Chelsea We wouldn't
3: be able to play in it? It'd that be awful. Been Absolutely for awful. Um, yeah, yeah. But there you go. Uh, Martin asked where MacArthur was. I, I. I I heard Patrick Vieira talk about somebody being injured, and I don't know if it was him or not. Um, but, but yeah, not selected. Not sure. Don't know. Don't know if either of the gents know. But
5: he said he was injured in go. his post-match presser. He it, said he yeah. was injured.
3: Okay, there you go. Which is a shame. Obviously, come back from a hamstring injury, and uh, to be injured again. Hopefully, nothing too serious. Um, but we coped brilliantly without him, and it was an outstanding display from Jeffrey Schlopp in the centre, which helped. But. Man of the match for me, Wilfred Zaha, just to summarise there. Anybody else got a different man of the match?
4: Nope. I'll go with Wilf.
3: Yep. Okay, so let's end with a few four-word reviews. Uh, Nick, have you got yourself prepared for a few of your favourites?
4: Yeah, I've got a couple. Uh, what big worry, at Alfred E. In the top ten. Uh, Dan of the South. At Dan of the South, first double this season. Uh Felix Jamieson, at Holler At Me Felix, in Parish Me Trust. And X-Blues, at X-Blues Colts, Zaha defensively different gravy.
3: There you go. How about yourself, Sigh?
5: I've got a couple. Um, Sarahs Woodcock, silence those Zaha doubters. My Swedish uh, Marathon March friend, Mikhail Westerback, glad all over again. I've also got Magic, three CPFC, quality first-half tactics. And to finish off with a perfect one, Mike Deakin, we're above Brighton. Love it,
3: uh, and I'll end with a couple of my faves. Uh, we've got maybe Xavier with top-class away performance, uh, which uh, which describes the, the performance exactly. And finally, Sam with the kind of uh, uh, attitude that I'm that I'm very much having myself right now. Sam at Edgar TP with half the England defence. Bang on, Sam. We'll leave it there. Uh, Lots of very, very happy people, uh, including ourselves. uh, A fantastic Palace performance. But obviously next up is Manchester City and it does not get easier. However, obviously shocked them a little bit earlier on in the season. So there's got to be a chance there. And the preview team will be with you later in the week to look ahead to that game against the city to see if we will do the double over them Um and you got to say you know that's if the preview team are available of course because uh didn't make it last time out did they
4: <clears throat> all, these, all these young parents I don't know
3: yeah don't exactly lack like of commitment that's what I'm saying yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know do I mean that? I probably don't mean that, considering I've, I've only been available for about <laughs> 10 shows this year. So I better shut up. Um, anyway, so thank you very much to me for producing, and Mikey for completing the producing later on, uh, to Cy and to Nick for joining me today. Um, but most of all, thank you for listening to the show. And in particular, everybody who got in touch, um, which obviously we read everything, can't use everything. Um, but we certainly read it all and it, it really did help us today uh, with the minor attempts we made at creating a show plan but I hope you enjoyed what we put together as ever there's plenty more content for you across all of our social accounts and a wealth of life live in that indeed not life live and recorded shows for you over on YouTube including instant match reaction and chances to get involved in the discussions yourself so find us on everything by searching back of the nest like subscribe mary leave us positive reviews in all the right places because that will help with the algorithms and allow more people to find out about us and until next time come on you palace it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect Order McDelivery now on the mcdonald's app